0: Welcome to the B and E podcast with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Okay, Brandon and Evan, show. This is Casual Sundays. We do to talk about.
1: <laughs> yes, Casual, casual Sundays. Sundays.
0: First rule, of, first rule of casual Sundays: don't talk about casual Sundays. <laughs> Second rule. Second rule is um, don't talk about casual Sundays. Don't talk about casual Sundays. <laughs> All right,
1: we're gonna go for a direct, uh, direct Fight Club. Yeah.
0: No shoes. No shoes. Keep your shirts on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it is just you and I. Yeah, so. it might get weird. Which will, I mean, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, if that's your thing.
0: Yeah, I know. If they want to take their shirts off on the other side of this, they can do that.
1: Yeah, actually, I, in, in fact, there's a part of me that, that, that wants to encourage listeners at home to, to take their shirts off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, take right. them off. Take a shirt off right now. It's casual Sunday. What are you doing with yourself? And if you're not listening on Sunday, make it casual.
1: exactly that's i was gonna say that's the third rule of casual sunday yeah is uh keep it casual keep it casual yeah
0: yeah don't take Um, yourself too seriously
1: so anyhow uh this is something that we decided uh to do essentially um where we're gonna do one of our podcasts every week we're not gonna know what we're gonna talk about we're just gonna start we're gonna begin and, uh, and see what exactly happens. This is sort of like a, I guess you could call it a throwback. You could almost call it a throwback to the early ones, how we started. And then we started to get a little bit more focused we're like, like, okay, let's, let's have like a a theme to it, which is great. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays, (laughs) our Wednesday session will be a more tightly focused, uh, uh, conversation on yeah. a topic, but Sundays are casual Sundays They're casual from, from here on out. Uh, so you can tune in and if you like the banter, then that's what you're going to get. That's and if you get. don't like it, then that's what Wednesday is for.
0: Yeah. So you can pretty much expect to skip every second one if you don't like casual Sundays, because every second one is going to be casual and every other one is going to be more serious. Precisely. Mm-hmm. So we've, I mean, I guess we figured this has actually happened, I think, two podcasts ago or something, or maybe it was the last one.
1: No, I, I, th- I think we had discussed it after the last one. Yeah. We had some sort of a topic last Sunday.
0: I th- yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We decided we, you know, it was the last Sunday we decided after the last Sunday, which was a week ago, Yeah, we decided we've been taking ourselves too seriously and that we should relax a little bit and go back to kind of grassroots.
1: Yeah. Grassroots, which was that we just used to get together to, you know, have a work meeting to, to work on some projects together. But it usually, uh, started out as simply having, having a beer or two mm-hmm. and having a conversation. And we yeah. thought, hey, let's record that, because uh, people might people might find some useful information in here. Because sure. I know I always find some useful information in our conversations. So uh, I guess there's enough, maybe we've explained this enough now. I want to keep point.
0: explaining it, <laughs> <laughs> casually. <laughs> hey, I guess so, it's casual <laughs> Sunday, we get to do whatever we want. Um, yeah, no, you know, most, uh, most of the conversations, they didn't start with us planning to talk about anything, we just kind of started talking and then we ventured into something. And that's, that's actually what we're hoping to just happen today, which probably will, no problem. Yeah. Um, and it might be a little bit more random, a little less focused on one specific thing. And then I think what we'll do is afterwards, we'll just kind of describe whatever we thought we talked about.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, typically, um, I would find that our conversations would get started off on just something, uh, that, we had, uh, experienced or something that we saw that we kind of got some inspiration out of, Mm -hmm. uh, typically. So it's like, which is what I like about the sort of casual Sunday is that it's just like, oh, you know, this is something that, that I, because typically I'm always, there's always something that I've usually, um, taken in Mm -hmm. over the course of a week that I'm just like, oh, that's really interesting. I, I, or, you know, something I liked or maybe didn't like, Either way, it's interesting yeah. um, to, to to dive into sort of why that is, especially when we're talking about creativity, artistry.
0: Well, you know, I think, and uh, you know, I said this one teacher when I was starting acting, and she would always say, "Use it, you know, whatever's going on, like, use it." And uh, I, I use I, it, use yeah, it, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and she she actually used to say it profanely afterwards, and I'm sure you can guess which one, but. Um, she say, "Use it," profanity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm gonna keep a PG for the thing, even though I'm shirtless now. But um, she used to do that, and I found that I found that uh, you know what uh, what was really good about that is you started to learn to just trust that something that was going on for you carried weight and it had something that was valuable, you know. And I think that sometimes, I mean, I've definitely done this in my life where I don't know for writing, for example, or acting, you know. I've come in and let's just start with writing you know I come in and I want to write this scene and I'm like in this place you know life is happening and it's kind of thrown me off my plan you know I wanted to come in and I wanted to be in this optimal state but you know like for example currently I'll just share this and I think I shared it last podcast a little bit my friggin roof is flooding you know my place has been flooding I had to move everything around um there's like dripping in the wall right now. I'm like, this is just such a, and I'm not sleeping cause I'm hearing drip, 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 drip all night. And so you there's, know, a,
1: there's like a, sh- there's a short film here somewhere.
0: There is. And so I talked to my landlord about this in a very like friendly kind of like, Hey, by the way, I don't know if the leak, the leak has been fixed. Cause it leaked two buckets into my place right over three days. I I'm hearing dripping in the wall. And he accuses me of lying. He's like, you're making it up. You're hearing things. Cause you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not hearing things come over. You can hear it dripping in my wall. And then he threatens to kick me out and I don't lose my temper very much, but I was like, are you kidding me? Like it really, like, it really got me amped up, you know? And I was just like, like, and I felt like he was hiding something and, and whatever. And, uh, you know, I found that like before when I was younger, if something like that might've happened, I might've been like, Oh man, I can't write, or you know, now it's thrown off my acting scene I'm about to do, or whatever. And like, <laughs> now I would just take any of that stuff, and I'd be like, okay, let's use that. Let's put that into the work. You know, if, if that's what I'm feeling right now. You know, the other thing too is when people watch you as an actor, they don't know what's going on in your head. They just see you thinking and feeling, and that yeah. they they try to piece together what does that mean? What's going on in yeah. your internal world? Yeah.
1: The o- the only thing that an audience will spot is when you're not being truthful. Mm -hmm. Um, for the most part, for the most part, audiences are, are pretty, pretty good at picking, picking that kind of stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, a great, um, teacher, um, who I actually, I, I studied Meisner with, but he's also a Meisner, uh, teacher, I believe in Georgia. Yeah. I want to say he's in Georgia. Um, Larry McDonald, Hey, Larry, for listening. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even advice that was, was given to me. It was a, advice that he had given to his scene partner, who is a young actor um, in, uh, in, in a college uh, program in Chicago. And he was having some difficulty, you know, with sort of his preparation coming into the scene. And, and you know, because he, he has to come in, like, you know, just in this kind of this livid state. And, uh, he was having some, some difficulty with it. And, and so it it turned into this, like, you know, he, into this head thing for him, you know, like where he just couldn't get out of his way, you know, it was just became like this, this thing (laughs) that was just there. Yeah. And, uh, and so he had come in after, you know, they'd put it up a few times and, and he was, he was struggling. And then he came in and he finally, he started to really get cooking with it. And Larry had told him, you know, something along those lines. He's like, listen, like whatever you got, because he's from Long Island, you know, uh, he's, no, he's not actually from Long Island, but he's from New York somewhere. Where are you from Larry? Where are you from Larry? (laughs) I think he's from, he's, he's from, he might be from upstate New York. Or but, something he like kind of that. but he has a bit of an accent. Okay. He, was, he was like in there, used to summer in Long Island or something like that, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, giving up his whole personal life here. Uh, <laughs> his address? Yeah. What's his, what's his debit
0: card number? <laughs> Is but, he single?
1: <laughs> for the ladies out there? <laughs> oh God, now, now you're really exhausting my knowledge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you would, uh, he, and he just told him, he's like, listen, whatever you got, trust it. Whatever you got, trust it because that's all you can do. Mm. Because when it comes time, you got to go up there, you got to perform, you know, you got to do your job. Yeah. You know, whether or not you feel like you're prepared, whether or not you feel like you've gotten to the place that you need to get to, you know, it's all just, and it's all just what you think anyhow. Right. Mm-hmm. And none of that is going to help you when you've got to walk out on stage in, you know, five seconds. Yeah. Right. So you've got to let all that go and you've just got to trust what you got. And now you've just got to be, you've got to be present. You've got to be in, you know, really engaged with another person in front of you. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Like, so that's trust it. Use it. Yeah. That's fantastic. I think that's so true. You know, it's like, I mean, I think that's, that's the mark of a real professional too, because, you know, at a certain point it, you know, and I think that's the real difference is we don't really know if, someone is doing a scene if they feel like everything's going perfect we don't know but I think that you know there is kind of this um there's almost this perfection a lot of the time in just whatever's going on that sometimes it's imperfectly perfect you know and because it's so not what you expected it's actually the perfect thing you know like I think about Dustin Hoffman when I think when he won his Oscar or whatever for Rain Man because he won it for that right
1: yeah, and they showed so, yeah.
0: his scene, I think it was um, him in the bathtub or whatever. And I, and I remember, like, later he said, well, you know, like, like he didn't, like, about what was going on for him. I, I don't want to, like, butcher it, so I won't really say. But yeah. you can find it on YouTube and kind of watch that. And I think, like, that's a really interesting insight because everyone watches that and thinks, oh, well, that's so amazing. But then for him, what was going on for him, you know, was this whole other thing, you know. And, um, you know, I think that, I think at the end of the day, like, we we make a lot of projections. We make a lot of assumptions, and we watch these people do these things. And at the end of the day, I think professionals a lot of the time they just show up and they trust. And really, yeah. What and, else going to do? Yeah, and I mean it
1: it allows it allows you to to kind of work, mm-hmm. you know. And like I I'm, I know that I've I've gone into scenes before where I'm just like ah, oh, you know, like I've I've Started and I'm not start starting from the place that I necessarily wanted to be at, but um, by making sure that I, I I was like okay, you know what I'm I'm not here and, and instead of just staying in the space of being like oh shit oh shit oh shit you know like I'm like everybody's gonna think there's gonna be like he's got no emotion happening and they're gonna and it's <laughs> it's kind of a crazy thing that happens anyhow where you're yeah. like oh I don't have some wild emotion happening off the top so you know, everyone's going to think I'm garbage, Yeah, which is not, not at all what's happening. Well, the other um,
0: thing too, is there's things we don't acknowledge that are actually going on. For example, yes. someone pointed out this to me, uh, a few years back. I said, you know, I'm really not motivated right now to do my goals, to do these things. And they said, well, what are you talking about? You're extremely motivated. And I said, what do, you, "What do you mean? No, I'm not motivated." They said, "No, you're extremely motivated. What are you doing?" Well, I'm like, I'm sitting on the couch, I'm playing video games, I'm doing it. so. Like, that's what you're motivated to do right now, and you're really motivated. In fact, you're so motivated that you're willing to put off things that are important to you to do this thing right now. <laughs> and I was like, "Holy crap!" And then they were like, "What if you took that motivation and just decided to direct it somewhere else? Because you're actually you haven't lost your motivation. You're, you know." And I thought about that, and I thought, "Wow, like I'm actually really motivated right now." And I think for me, before that moment, I used to think of motivation as, oh, I've lost it. You know, I just don't have it right now. And I realized I have motivation all the time. It's just that sometimes I'm motivated to do stuff that I don't think I should be motivated to want to do.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the whole sort of uh, guilt game starts, you yeah. know, where you're just like, oh, I've been doing this <laughs> and I should be doing this and I should be doing that. Yes. 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 Should like, have. it's like, yeah, go look at some, didn't. Of,
0: yeah,
1: go and listen to some of our podcasts from a little while ago about discipline.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> want some practical skills. Listen to that last week. That, that was a, pretty good. Yeah. That yeah. was
1: a good one. But Hey, you know, sometimes, uh, it's good to en- engage in some other sort of forms of, you know, entertainment and, and, what not you know yeah it's it's good to give give those things its place you know if it's if it's something that's kind of important to you, then give it a place, yeah, but make it a conscious place that you're giving it you mm-hmm. know as opposed to something you know or oh, I'm sort of doing this and I'm sort of doing that and and whatever it's like, and then, yeah, you find that you probably just don't enjoy it as much
0: well, you know it's like uh and I mean for those video game players out there um you might relate to this, because I am a video game player. Not always. Sometimes I'll put them down for a while and I won't play, but then sometimes I'll play all night. Like, I just, I like them, you know? But I find that when I'm feeling guilty about not doing this other thing, but I want to play video games, but I'm choosing to play video games, but I still think I should be doing this other thing, it's like being half committed to the video games. You might as well just fully commit to the video games, because that's what you're doing. And if you want to do the other thing, then fully commit to that. But don't be half in and half out because the truth is at the end of the day, I'm playing the video games. So it's irrelevant what I think I should or shouldn't be doing. Like I either do that thing or don't do that thing. Yeah. But whatever you're doing, just do that. You know, I think it's a better practice to be fully committed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's a
1: great acting lesson there too. But as like one of the things I, I like to do is, is reward myself with something like that. I'll be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I really want to do this, but I know I have this other thing, you know, that like is something that, you know, I know I want to get done, but is something that I know, you know, in, in some form is of a higher priority, Mm -hmm. you know, like in terms of its, its actual importance. Um, but I'll go, it's like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll dedicate and I'll give myself like a certain amount of time to, to do some work on that. And once I've done that, then I get to video game. <laughs> mm. You know, then I, then that's my reward to myself for, you know for making sure that I I I did it.
0: Well that's good. You know, um that teacher I was referring to earlier, I'll <clears throat> give her tribute again, uh her name's June B. Wild. But anyway, she um had given me another lesson which was really good, which was that, you know, if you're feeling bad, you say, Okay, feel bad for fifteen minutes and fully feel bad, just go into it and do it. But when you're 15 minutes done, it's over. Now you got to go do something else. And the thing is, is when you fully commit to something, it doesn't really last much longer. Like, it's kind of like, if, in fact, it's hard to even go for 15 minutes and be like, really like, yeah, into it, you know?
1: well, you know, it's like, <laughs> if you look at, um, like children, Yeah. you know, and infants and stuff, you know, like they just like, it just goes right. It just rolls right through them. You know, they're just, furious one second to laughing on the ground uncontrollably the next yeah like it's just yeah they just like feel it like intensely and (laughs) (laughs) obviously you know it's if we all remained like that you know there would probably we, we probably wouldn't get a hell of a lot done well i think
0: the difference between a kid and an adult is that a kid at that point doesn't realize that they have control doesn't realize that they can shift gears and you know whatever and so you know, uh, maybe they do, maybe, you know, some kids are a little bit more advanced, but i say on the average, but an adult, I think what you end up realizing is that you could, you could just be fully committed to something for a little bit, stop that and move on to something else and yeah. be fully committed. And you have more awareness, more consciousness, more control. You know, as a kid, you're kind of, you know, you could be experiencing a feeling for the very first time in your life. And yeah. so you don't even know what it is, let alone control it or choose it. But as an adult, by the time you, you, know, you get to a certain age, you've felt most of the base emotions you're going to feel on average. And so you can kind of just remember. You know, there's this uh, personal growth workshop I did for a bit, and, I, and they would help you develop states. And one of the states I developed was my breakaway state. This used to happen to me in soccer or hockey because I was quite fast, so I would usually break past the defense and I would be on a breakaway. And you ever see that Spider-Man movie, remember when he goes to punch, the guy goes to punch him and everything goes slow motion and he kind of just moves out of the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everything from me became slow motion, but it's like I was so precise in my movements that I remember like beating a goalie, like deking out a goalie and doing that. It was as if like I knew what to do because I was moving faster than they were moving. But in my mind, it was like these moments were lasting forever you know but the the amount of speed that i was moving at was was really really quick and so it was the state of like ultimate focus and so i realized like this is kind of crazy i could just choose to do this and it takes practice at first at first you're like oh no i need to be there and you don't you know and i started to realize this like if i just kind of like what's happening right it's really important to me this this i'm focused on one specific thing or like maybe whatever things in a certain area. And I get ultimately focused on it. And I think about while I'm in it, I think about what am I trying to do? And it's total focus, you know? Um, if anyone's ever been in like a near car accident, like that happened to me once too, where, you know, I spun a car around, we almost lost control and then off the edge of a cliff, it was kind of crazy. Everything went slow motion for me in that too. It's like, all I remember being like, okay, we're not going to crash this car. You know, we're going to figure out how to get through this. Yeah. My friend, on the other hand, who was in the passenger seat was like braced and he's like, Oh my God. Right. Cause he had no control of the vehicle. But for me, I, I was basically in breakaway state. I was super calm and collected. And when the car kind of spun around and I had turned it away and we were okay for me, the whole moment was, it lasted, a, it seemed to last a really long time. But anyway, my point is, is that I think that We have these states, and if we really like one, we can choose it. And if we really don't like one, well, I think it's best not to deny it. But you can kind of go, okay, well, I'll feel it for a moment, and now I'm going to choose something else. I think sometimes it's, you know, it's almost better to go into the punch. Like one thing I'll try to do sometimes if I get really angry is I'll try to be like, no, I don't, I'm not angry, I'm not angry, I'm denied, 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 and then I just feel angry. Whereas if I just go, okay, I'm really angry, and scream into a pillow, or punch a pillow, or do something that's non-damaging to anyone. And then all of a sudden, the anger's kind of gone. Yeah. And then I can do whatever I want, you know? Anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I can attest to that, especially in the topic of video games. Mm. I think I've... uh, I've, I love
0: casual Sundays. I love that we get to talk about
1: video games. I've I've, 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 I've sworn at a (laughs) a video game or two. Yeah. Or three. (laughs) Or dozen or so <laughs> <laughs> through the course of history, multiple times, <laughs> multiple times, like the most <laughs> profane stuff that you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, I, I'm actually, I've, 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 I feel like I'm just going to make that switch now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've in, to the, the sort of the next generation of everything.
0: What do you mean? What's the switch? You're going to move into that. You're going to get a PlayStation four or Xbox or something. Yeah. 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 Nice. Cause
1: I'm still, I'm, I've still got the, you know, the PS three. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were still some games that I had that I'm like, ah you know me, I should play through this. But then I was like, ah, but look at all the cool new stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: that might be a, here's a fun fact. You'll love it. (laughs) i'll love that or i'll love the fun fact no you'll love the fun fact too but you'll love you'll love the the new generation it's it's it is pretty amazing um but i spent probably i mean i spent like over a thousand dollars on video games just for the newest system and some of the best games that are out there and you know what the game that i play the most (laughs) it's a free game that you can download (laughs) which by the way if you have a playstation 4 i think you can get it on xbox too i'm not sure but it's called guns up and it's, it's, I love it, you know? So if you want to be friends and (laughs) play that game, do it. Um, but yeah, no, it's like surprisingly just a simple little game. But what I like about it is, I don't know, I'm going off on a topic because whatever, we're in video games, but you, you design your little army, and it's, like, kind of cartoony, so it's kind of fun, but, you know, if you look at it closely, it's a little bit gory, and whatever, <laughs> it's, like, there's lots of blood, like, and cartoon and... blood, you're like, oh, okay, well, anyway, but, uh, you build your base, and it's very tactical, and you find out ways to, like, better hold off the enemy and stuff, and so, and it's all player versus player, so, you know, like, basically, other people try to attack your base, and when you, like, hold them out, it's, like, kind of a cool success, you know what I mean, um, but anyway, uh, I find it funny sometimes, you know, sometimes the most simple things are the best things. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, the thing is, and, and, you know, it's, it's weird because I re I, I realized that as we've been talking about it, we're talking about it, about video games as if there's sort of this, um, you know, almost like this, like, uh, I realize that we, that we're as people who've played video games, like our entire lives, we still kind of like, we talk about it as if it's almost like a lesser form. Yeah, of something. And it's just like, and, and that's, I don't it's actually really think that at, at all. all. Um, I think it's, it's just because there's, but like with anything in the, in, in any sort of creative, you know, industry, uh, you know, there are people who are really pushing things along or really doing something different. And they're, you know, there are the sort of things that are like the you know, kind of in your eyes and out your brain. And like, you completely forget that, you know, you've even experienced it. Mm. And, uh, for me, the thing that I, I like about the new generation that I'm seeing is that like, wow, there is, it's not just it, I, more than any other, I, I feel than any other generation that I've witnessed, there is like, I'm seeing a real, they're not just rehashing what was done in the last one in the last generation, you know, like certainly they are doing some of that, but I'm seeing a lot more original experiences. Mm. And for me, that's my big thing when it comes to, um, video games now, like in terms of something that I want to pick up and, and play, because I actually want an experience as opposed to like, I, I really don't play a game just for necessarily just for the, for playing a game you know, just for kind of dicking around, you know, like I, that doesn't last for very long. And a lot of stuff, you know, you pick it up and you're like, Oh, okay. It's like this one. And I've, Mm. you know, done this and everything's familiar. Um, I like stuff that just changes all of my expectations of what I thought was going to happen. Mm. Um, and there's been some really terrific, terrific stuff that's come out well
0: you've recommended a few to me from some of the older systems and one of them was the uh at, what was that where you attack these giant monsters what was that one? Oh, for? shadow Coloss- of the colossus shadow of the colossus yeah. which was fantastic yeah and uh, then what was that other one oni or something
1: like- eco eco that's yeah a- the
0: same guy who did both of those oh, yeah yeah and eco was quite an experience where why don't you explain the game you you, you explain it pretty well. oh well um eco
1: which was yeah. yeah um yeah that wasn't PS, that was an old PS2 game, and you can, you can get, they've sort of, like, up, like, they updated, it, it, for and updated PS3. it for PS3 and, and uh, stuff, and yeah. I'm sure you can probably get it for PS4, but you're, you're like this, you're like a young boy who's been, you know, left by his people in this witch's castle kind of thing, and you break out, and you find this girl who's also imprisoned, and you basically, you run around this, massive castle and you solve these puzzles and you bring her around with her, bring her around with you and you have to hold her hand and stuff and Mm -hmm. call out to her. And, and yeah, you basically like, you help each other out and you fight monsters with like a stick. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's so simple. Like there's not much, but, but it was something that I remember playing, you know, when I was a kid and it first came out and just being like, not even fully appreciating exactly. And just knowing that I was glued to it end to end. And then after the fact being like, whoa, I've never, I've never played anything like that before. That was an experience. Um, same thing with journey.
0: That was, yeah, Journey that was, was really good. You know, I remember when you took, when you told me about eco and you said, you know, this is like a piece of art. And that's actually, I think how you pitched it to me. And I, and I went and played it and I did, that was the experience I had. It was like a piece of art. It was like, I experienced something and it was totally one of a kind and it wasn't like i mean there's so many games where i played and don't get me wrong i mean there's a lot of games where i love. that are like this but you're like you know super soldier dude and you, you know you're taking yeah. on the world and you're James Bond and whatever you know yeah
1: and you're shooting people yeah
0: exactly whereas this you're this kind of vulnerable little kid and you have this um person who's kind of, you're interdependent with, who's necessary for your survival, and you both need each other, but you're both kind of vulnerable, and you have to use your brain more than you just use your bronze, you know? Yeah. And uh, I like that. You know, there's another game I really liked, one of my favorite, actually. It's called Heavy Rain.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which, I mean, I love movies, and just the cinematic experience of it, but what's really neat about that game is, you play it by making choices, you know? So you choose what to say back to the characters and, and you choose different things to do. And if you miss the timing of a certain, you know, action sequence, it can change the whole events. Like you can get, you can end up, I think there's like seven or plus different endings. And, um, what I really enjoyed about it was that you feel the consequences of the game as you're playing it. And you know that everything you do is important because one thing could end up changing the entire in the entire events about how things are going to work out in the end. And I think that what's really neat about that is it makes everything really important, you know, Yeah. like, you know, cause there's lots of games where you play mm-hmm. and like you die during the level and you just restart the level, you do it again, whatever. But this game, if you, if something happens during the level, that's kind of not so good, you got to live with that for the rest of the game, you know? And so you're, you're, your focus, or at least I experienced my focus on the game. In fact, you know I was dating someone at the time, and uh, we went on our our second date. It was hilarious, and the game had just come out. And I said, "You know, there's this game I just got." It <laughs> no, this is hilarious. This is like this is funny. I totally enrolled her into this whole idea, but I said, "There's this game I got," and I explained it to her. I said, "You know, it's wild. Your 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 kid gets kidnapped, and you spend the rest of the game trying to find them." And you make choices as you go through the game and the choices you make will change the outcome of how it works out. And she's like, that sounds amazing. And I was like, I don't know, like, and we were out having dinner and drinks. I'm like, do you want to go and like play it for a bit? And she's like, sure. And she's like, you play, I'll watch. And we stayed up all night and (laughs) played the game together. And it was just like, and she was like, that was amazing. That was like, like, I felt like I was watching a movie, but I was like in it, you know? And I was like, what an experience, you know? And like, yeah, you know, when I was a kid, like my parents were like, ah, you know, go, go outside and play. But like video games, which is great too. Which is great. (laughs) No, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I think that's important. I don't think you I think it's all within balance and all within reason. Yes. But I think that, yeah, you're right. Sometimes video games, they don't, they're not given the credit of being as creative and innovative as, you know, as like other art forms, like movies and music and, and painting and whatever. Right. But they are.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there is, you know, it's, it's because it didn't necessarily start that way, but there is so much artistic license that is in so much, um, of, of that world, Mm -hmm. you know, like it, because there's, I mean, there's literally artists who work on those things. Right. And it's all, you know, from, through sound and music and visuals and, you know, even the way that, that, um, you know, something is designed, you know, the way something is, is like a level can be put together to, to make you have a certain kind of an experience of something, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, that's all like, yes, there is a certain, there is a certain science to it for sure. But I mean, I think if, if there's anything that we've shown in our discussions, you know, in on, on our show is that,
0: on I love it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's both of those things. Like there is this sort of the craft, you know, this sort of way that we, a, a kind of a way that we know of doing things, you know, that, that has kind of a, a proven, has sort of a proven track record to it. Um, but then there's the art that like, you know, is within that. And, to me, video games fit both of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, like it has both like, yeah, there's a craft, there's definitely a craft to it. And there's definitely an art to it. And, Mm -hmm. and when they come together nicely, you know, it creates a great experience, which is, again, that's the goal of any piece of art is to create some no matter what the medium is, is to create some kind of uh, an experience that makes you feel something.
0: Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, those feelings don't necessarily have to be, like, attachment to the character struggles and stuff. They can just be a feeling of excitement or a thrill or whatever. Yeah,
1: or empowerment, you know. there's a, sure. I mean, there's probably way too many empowerment types of <laughs> <laughs> games that are out there. But, I mean, but sometimes it's not like, uh, did you ever play Limbo? Yeah, I played all the way through the, that. Yeah, that was like, wonderful. That was wonderful because, and again, it was something similar. It's like you were this little boy in this dark place in Limbo, mm-hmm. and there's just so many dangers out there. And it was just like, oh my God, like it was, you know, it created this experience where you were like, oh, like I'm responsible for this kid. And like, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Yeah. You know, and it was just, and that was a really cool experience
0: as well. It was a 2D silhouette kind of experience. And you're walking through this world, which you, you kind of see the images of it, but you don't get necessarily all the details. And it it was really effective. You know, it was another game and I don't think you, Play this one, but I did talk about it. it was a uh, Hearts War? You ever play that one? No. Oh well, it's a downloadable game on PS4. Honestly, one of my top favorite games. Um, basically, wow. it runs you through World War II, and your various people. Um, you know, one one is like a a man and a woman, and they have a relationship and another there's like a soldier from, I think there's like an American soldier, or a British soldier, you know, there's different people from yeah. different places throughout. And it kind of teaches you a bit of a history lesson about what happened in World War II. Oh, wow! It takes you through like a 2D event and it's very like, it's, it's, it drives the emotional elements of a war home more. And I found it to be a really, like just a really great experience because, you know, you, um, you had to think some things out, but, you kind of got to see a little bit of the devastation of war, you know what I mean? And I think, like, there's so many games out there where it's pro-war, and I think that, you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, I loved Modern Warfare, and I I liked a lot of those games in that series, I really enjoyed them, but it's nice to have, it's nice to experience a little bit more of the impacts of this, these types of things, right? And I think, um, sometimes, uh, just having a game that doesn't glorify it is a nice exception. You know, it's a nice change to the whole. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's something I wanted to bring up and this was from earlier before, Yeah, but, uh, it was about preparation and being prepared. Yes. And, uh, I shared this, um, in one of my classes, but I, you know, we used to, we used to, well, I played for a very high division soccer and, uh, I remember kids would come and they'd try out for our team and, um, you know, very elite team. So, you know, you got your tryout and then you basically got to see it. And a lot of guys who came out, they really wanted to be on our team, right? We were the best in the league and everything. And, um, I remember other players on the team, they used to call some of the guys tryhards.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And,
0: um, and you know, you think about that term tryhard and it's like, well, isn't it good to work hard? Isn't it good to try your hardest? And the thing is, is the reason why they would call them that name was not because they tried hard. It's not because they put a lot of effort, but it's because they hadn't prepared themselves to be able to trust the skill that they had. They were trying to almost build the skill in the trial. Like great players in probably any sport, but at least in soccer, I know this for sure. They had worked on their dribbling. They had worked on their shooting. they had worked on their passing. They had their fitness in order. They had everything in order. So when they showed up, they just got to play. And those are the guys who ended up like kind of joining the team or making the team and were great additions. And the people who continually came and then would just get cut and wouldn't, you know, you never see them again, the tryhards, what they didn't take onus onto themselves to prepare themselves for that moment. And I think that they knew it. And while they're in that moment, there was this neediness to do well. And the thing is, is I think that this goes for acting and art and everything. If you want to be a great artist, everything you're doing right now is a preparation for that moment when you get that shot. And and if you haven't prepared when that shot comes, you're probably going to miss it. So you need to spend right now preparing, 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 get everything in order and know that that moment will come. Even if it doesn't, even if you doubt yourself, prepare for that moment because when that moment comes, you won't be a tryhard, but you'll be someone who can trust. And I think that that's what preparation is. It's getting yourself to the point where when opportunity strikes, you don't have to try hard anymore. You can literally just trust. And I wanted to share that because I think that was one of the most valuable lessons I ever learned as a young man, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, I can see it. Cause it's like, it's, and it's this weird thing because it's not like it's saying like, you no, know, like don't that you shouldn't work hard, you know, that you don't, you know, give something your complete, focus and attention. But yeah, there's, um, you know, and and it can be different. This can be something that I think is tricky to like, like show like the distinguish like where there's this, this strange difference in all of it. But yeah, there's, there's something about being, it's, it's to me, it's, it's a letting go of sorts. It's, it's, yeah. Letting go of what any kind of uh, attachment to, to whatever the result is, mm-hmm. you know, and just like in, and having nothing but just complete focus on what you're doing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's like acting? I mean, acting, right? Like <clears throat> if you're not trusting that the work you've done up to that point is going to serve you, you, you start acting, you start acting, quote unquote acting and yeah. people see that, right? Whereas like, the actors who I find who do the most amazing work, they tend to kind of just trust that they have the ability and then because they trust there's this relaxed element to it, and it's kind of it come it comes off kind of seamless, but the thing is is they've done the work they've they've learned how to memorize lines they've learned how to breathe they've learned how to move on stage they've learned how to do the stuff, and so once they get there, they don't need to prove any of that that stuff is taken care of now. Yeah they get to focus on the most important stuff. Like what's my agenda? Like, what do I want from this character? What's most important to me, Like things that actually the character would really be thinking about, not the actor.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, um, one of the things I always like saying, and, and and this was taught, um, was saying that was brought up to my attention. At least he may have taken it from somebody else, but he used to say acting isn't showing it's knowing who would say that. Larry Silverberg. Okay. And he yeah, you say acting is show is is <laughs> acting isn't showing, it's knowing. And and I think that's Yeah. I that's... can't I can't argue with that because yeah, it's like once you start showing, you know, how you're doing what you're doing, or showing, you know, making a point of, you know, being like, Oh, like the I need to make sure that the audience gets this, so I'm gonna do you know, that's all Um, and if you want to go back, I think Stanislavski, he probably even touched on this where he called it, um, like he called it the little plus. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. He called it a little plus. It was like, yeah, you're doing like a human emotion, but there's this little plus there, (laughs) you know, like you're just, you're, you're putting this, this thing on it that isn't real. You know, you're, you're doing it out of your own sort of, you know, sense of, of, of indulgence and, and egotism, Mm -hmm. you know, or it's just like, oh, I want to make sure everybody gets this because I want everybody to see how hard I'm working in that, you know, I really am, I really am emotional right now. It's like, no, it's like trust that, that every trust, again, that's the word that comes up. Trust that the audience is getting it, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, like in, and that's it. Let it be because yeah, once you start showing how you're doing something, you know, then, then you've lost it. And I think that's with anything like Mm -hmm. within sports, it's like when you're in the middle of a game, no matter what sport you're playing, if you're thinking about how you're doing what you're doing while you're doing it,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're not in the game anymore. You know, if you're thinking about how you're, how you're going to do your, your crossover or something in basketball, or if you're thinking about how you're going to, you know, how you're going to stick handle on this next thing or how you're going to make this pass, you know, you, you've, yeah, you've already lost. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're out of it. You know, you might sort of do it, but for the most part, it's one of those things. Like the more sometimes you think about these things, the, the worse you kind of get at doing it when you're, when you're, you know, you can even, this might be a horrible metaphor, but it's like, you know, sometimes I, when I'm like asked to like remember, um, like a passcode to something and I'm just like, I can't remember how to do it. (laughs) I don't remember what, what that number is off the top of my head. But then you stick a a number pad in in front of me and it's like, and I can press it. I know what it is, right? It's like, I know how to do it. But if I think about it, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know how I did that.
0: Well, and you know, you could take that even further because that happens for me a lot of the time too, is, um, is, uh, that same thing with the number pad, but is that there is a way in which you naturally take in information more efficiently. And some people are very visual. Some people are very auditory. Some people do, they remember through physical movement and in the moment of it happening, you might not know which part of your senses are actually helping you do that, right? Like, there is a move that I used to do in soccer, and I would beat guys over and over and over with it, and it was a very, very simple move. And my friends used to call it a two touch, because I would literally just go up to a guy, and I'd put the ball from my right foot to my left foot, and I'd push by them. And it was so quick that it would just go by them. And same with hockey, I used to do this thing with uh, and, uh, people on the other side, they're not going to see this, but I used to take the puck, and I'm right handed, and I would pull the puck into my skates almost. And it would be like a little loop and I'd pull it back out. Yeah. And what would happen is I would just do this move and I don't, I don't know how I came up with it, but it was probably cause someone tried to stick check me and I pulled the puck away from them. And they, once your stick is extended, you're actually kind of vulnerable. And then I had more control of the stick of the puck and I could just, you know, move past them. And, uh, I remember my friend, uh, he was quite a good soccer player, but he said, beating someone is about lateral movement. Most most players are trying to try to beat someone by going, you know, forward or yeah. backward. But the thing is, is it's how quickly can you move to the side with control of the ball, the puck, the whatever, right? And it's so true. If you look at football players, you look at hockey players, you look at soccer players, watch someone burn somebody, you know, beat them, deke them, whatever you want to call it. They usually do something. And it's sometimes so subtle, it could even be an inch or two, but they move a little to the side. And this, is enough movement to alter balance to alter whatever. Now, if you're thinking about that while you're doing it, it's not going to happen. But if you're like you're kind of like it's almost like you go, I know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to you know. And 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 what would happen is, as uh you know, more successful players, especially like forwards who are great with the ball and stuff or the puck, they would usually learn and they would master about three moves. They they had yeah. their three and everything would be a variation of that. And so that's all you really needed because you could use one of the three and you didn't really know which one was going to come out at the time of the interaction. You didn't really go like, I'm going to do this move. It's kind of like you had enough variation. Yeah. But not so much, but you had mastered those variations and then you kind of got around. Right. right? But
1: yeah, it's sort of enough of that physical memory of doing this or that. Yeah. And, and almost where it becomes an instinctual thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. Because when you try and plan, I remember when I used to play basketball, whenever I would like consciously plan to like try and do a move, it almost never worked. Right. Right. But it was like if, if something happened in the middle of the game and it's like, you and you just did it, then it was usually quite effective.
0: Well, you know, there is, I remember when I was uh, playing for this one team and I was relatively new and I was like not a very good player on the team. I was probably one of the weakest to be honest. Um, but I remember I was at the top of the box in soccer and um, a defenseman came up to me and I did some weird thing where I put the ball kind of behind my foot and it's a pretty common move but at the time, you know, I'd never done it before but I remember it just happened in the moment and it made total sense to me and I never really practiced the move or done it or anything but it came out of a necessity and we, I think we either scored or we nearly scored or whatever because of that move I set something up and I remember coming, on, coming off the field and my coach said, where do you learn that move? And I don't even know I, maybe I picked it up from watching the game. Maybe, I'm not sure, but I just remember in the moment, it was a necessity. It wasn't, I had, it almost happened before I even knew it happened. And I think that, you know, when you're like, when you're training at stuff and you're trying stuff out, you start like, and I I found acting to be like that too. And writing sometimes where you just kind of come across something and it seems right. And you go with it and it seems to work out perfectly. And sometimes you might try stuff and it doesn't work, but in the moment you, if you don't embrace that, you know, like you are where you're at, wherever you're, wherever, in any moment where it's high pressure, you are where you're at. There's no more time to think you, you got to do the best you can do in that moment. If you think, if you hesitate, it's too long. People have the upper hand. But if you are almost like ahead of your own thought, there's no, there's no predicting it because it's responsive. Like, I, I think of a lot of like uh, you know that one deke I was talking about in hockey. Yeah. It's responsive. When the moment someone poke checked, you you're responsive. To, I was responsive to that move. It wasn't like I was doing that move and planning on it. That almost it, they had to do something and I reacted to it. And I found acting is very much the same. Like if you go into a scene and go, I'm gonna do this, this and this, you're screwed. But if you go in and you go, they're gonna do something and I'm gonna respond. And I have some confidence that I can respond necessary in the right way. Yeah. Then I think you're going to be okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I guess like I can, I can draw some parallels too. It's like, I've been playing guitar for over 15 years and, uh, you know, I'm like when I'll, I'll, you know, do a jam, whether that's with somebody or, you know, I'll find some sort of a backing track or something like that. You know, I love playing blues and, uh, and there's stuff, it's like, and, and I have, it's like, I've practiced, you know, I've, you know, I've practiced my scales, I know sort of, you know, my, my keys, and, you know, I've even learned a couple of little sort of, like, licks, you know, that you can, that you can do, but, you know, I've had stuff happen where it's just like, you know, I'm really just like, sort of dialed into a space, I'm listening to the music, and I'm playing with it, and, you know, next thing, you know, I do something that I've never done before, mm. you know, and I just go, I have no idea where the <laughs> hell that came from, but you know, the music sort of directed me towards it, yeah. you know, because I was listening to it and I already have sort of the structure there. It's like, you're talking about like with just a few of these moves, it's like, well, yeah, it's like, I know, I know a few of these places where I can play, you know, this, this scale, right, that fits on top of this music, essentially, right, it's like, you play the scale on top of this, and, you know, you can just, whatever happens, right, but if you know it, you know, you can just, you can just use it however you want to, and that's one of the, I mean, you know, we've never really talked that much about music on here, let's do it, but that was, well, it's like, you know, (laughs) for me, it's like, when I was first learning guitar, and, you know, I would watch and listen, some of my idols or maybe not even just not even an idol but somebody who is just a tremendous guitar player and watching them you know play up and down like on the neck of a guitar i like it just it baffled me it absolutely baffled me it's like how are they doing that how do they know where to go how do they know like i just i i didn't get it and then once i started to learn sort of the technique and the theory that is behind it. And you start to figure it out and you're like, Oh, you know what? There's actually, there's nothing necessarily all that complicated about what it is, but what separates, what separates all of these players is how they use it. Mm. You know, cause everybody uses it in a different way. Um, actually it was funny just, um, just last night i was uh i was uh with my girlfriend and we were listening we just i just had put on some music and uh and in fact you can you can go and do this just youtube this and you go from one song to the to the other and uh i put on a black keys song uh and it's called um oh it's their opening song off of their off of their turn blue album which is awesome um you don't remember the name? Yeah. I'm trying to, it's, it'll come back to me. It's the opening song off of the Turn Blue album and, uh, which, and it's magnificent. It's called Weight of Love. There we go. It's called Weight of Love. Totally awesome. And then after that was done, I put, I put on for her, um, uh, Neil Young's Down by the River. And then after that I put on Pink Floyd's, um, breathe. And these are all songs that use this, that it plays around two chords. It's like two chords, which is, I think it's like E minor and A two chords that, and this, and these massive songs that are like six to that span from like six to nine minutes each. And they have this thing, you can hear it it's almost like there's this thing underneath it that's almost identical Hmm. to them, but they're all, they're each so different. Hmm. And it's like, I said, it's incredible because it's like they, you know, they've each found this little groove. It's this fantastic, because it is, it's this fantastic groove between these two chords. And then they put their own sort of stamp on it. They get their own, they draw their own sort of inspiration from this little thing. So definitely like go and try it out. And you'll be like, whoa, this is so crazy. Cause listen to three different, you know, artists, three different bands and what they did with the same form, hmm. with the same technique. Right? right. And then they had their own personality that they put onto it, their own feeling that they put into it.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. Well, you know, man, take this moment, Evan, to yes. introduce this beer. Oh yeah. And I yes. love this beer. I'm loving it. And yeah, we had it once before this summer. But this it, is magic. Yeah, it's from Brassneck Brewery, which is on I believe Seventh and Main Street in Vancouver. Yes, it might be sixth. It might be sixth. It's right around it might be there. sixth. Yeah, um, no, it is sixth. You're right. Um, anyway, uh, this is a hibiscus wheat beer, Belgian wheat, and it's awesome. It's uh, it's kind of got a red coloring to it. Mm-hmm. It's only five percent. It tastes great. In my opinion, it's citrusy, a mm-hmm. little bit sweet, yeah. but not not too sweet. No, not too
1: too sweet. You know, it's still a beer. It's still absolutely a beer.
0: I feel like it's one of the ones that the ladies could enjoy.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think we're gonna get some comments about that oh. one, Brandon.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean it. Because it, it, what does a lady enjoy? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I know plenty of ladies who. uh Like a bitter. They like a good, good, good beer. (laughs) Good hard beer. (laughs) No, that's true. That's true. It's just got a little bit of a sweetness to it, but it's not too much. It's not overwhelming. No, I find that's. Yeah, yeah. that I think
1: that's one that can please that can please just about anybody. Yeah, who am I to say what else
0: someone's taste buds are? Indeed, I just all I can say is for myself, I really enjoy it. I and
1: I can say the same thing for myself. In that I enjoy it.
0: So Brass Neck, Hibiscus Wheat, Belgian Wheat Beer. Um, Do it. Definitely at least try it. Yeah. If you you
1: find yourself in the Vancouver area Mm -hmm. at some point in time, and that's Vancouver, British Columbia, not Vancouver, Washington. Yes. If you find yourself in Vancouver, Washington, I'm sure there's beers there. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine so. I'm sure they have beer. I'm sure they have beer in have Vancouver, you heard Washington. Of
0: beer, Vancouver, Washington.
1: It's a university town, is it? Or sorry, it would be a college town, I guess. Mm. In uh, in Washington, and in fact, I think that's where Washington State Uni- University is based out of. Could be Evan, but um, you know, I'm sure they got lots of good. Anyhow, anyhow, beer. <laughs> we digress. Beer. beer can be a delicious art form. Yes, yes, it can. <laughs> it definitely can. Anything that's, um, it's why I was at, uh, I went to an, an audition, uh, the other day and, uh, it was, and it was, uh, it was just a commercial audition and it was one of those ones that, uh, you kind of go to and you're, and you're like, oh, I... <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. But you basically, you go and. They're like,
0: you're going to come in, you're going to dance like a monkey with five other people.
1: Well, I didn't have to dance and like a monkey. And going to
0: say, hookah time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it was interesting because, um, in the sense that it was just one of those ones where they get, you know, they, they bring you in with like, you know, three or four other people and, and you say your name and, you know, they just ask you some questions basically and you answer them, Mm -hmm. you know, no acting that is required. But it was, it was actually a question that I've never been asked before for an audition. And they said, Oh, where do you, they said, where do you find, um, creative inspiration and uh, oh that that was interesting you know and I was like okay so they come around to me and everybody's saying it's like oh yeah like I, I get my I, I don't know why I'm saying it like this but it's like you know there's like oh I, you know music and you know I get a lot from music and it's like okay cool cool and as I'm trying to think of what you know what is it I'm like I don't know I get all kinds of inspiration so I just said like all right well I'll just explain that And and so they come around and say, what gives you creative inspiration? And I say, well, pretty much anything where I I personally recognize somebody trying to do anything at the highest level they can. Hmm. I don't even have to have any knowledge of what it is that they're doing. I could see a baton, in fact, I have watched a baton twirler at Cirque du Soleil and I was, I was just awestruck. Hmm. I was so inspired by how incredible they were. In fact, any, go and watch any Cirque du Soleil performer. You have no idea what they're doing, how they're doing it, what goes into it. Unless
0: you're part of Cirque du Soleil. Unless you're part
1: of (laughs) Cirque du Soleil and just be so inspired by the level of dedication and and the and passion and ability that has gone into doing what they do, yeah. especially since it's something that is so niche.
0: Yeah,
1: you know something that there isn't even a huge, there isn't even necessarily a huge particular market for, other than being a performer on Cirque du Soleil, pretty mm-hmm. much. But yeah, it's like, and it stretches running It goes from from beer. <laughs> To you Cirque du Soleil. To Cirque du Soleil. To baton twirlers. To, to acting and to writing. To painting. Mm-hmm. to be Hell,
0: being an accountant. Yeah. Accountant. Accountant art. Account art. Why not? <laughs> why not? Well, um, Sure. Why not? Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, one thing that I really appreciate, which is architecture. As I've always liked that. Yeah. And uh, I found that my time in England was quite amazing. Just walking around and like looking at these old castles and just the way things were built. And, and I find that, you know, there's, you know, I think that everything in life, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of take so much for granted, but so, so many things have been designed, you know, people have kind of thought that out. And uh, I think one thing that I'm appreciating more and more is how I design my life to the little things, you know, because I mean you used to always think like, "Oh well, you know how am I going to design this script or how'm going to design this you know this artistic endeavor but like one thing is you know I look like around my place, for example, and I think about you know I've, I've designed things, I've put bookshelves in certain places, put my TV, you know did certain things, there are certain pieces of furniture that I picked out, and I think that um, when you start to really appreciate and value the little things in your life, it can help help to help you express, you know, you know, I think there's so many things where we, we overlook the details, you know what I mean? And I'm just thinking about this a lot, it's like, what makes a, uh, you know, what makes a great athlete versus, say, not such a great athlete? And I found that one thing I noticed with great athletes, and this is probably for every art form, I would not be surprised, but they, they, they care about the little details, a lot of them, you know, they care about being good at something, or being not just good, but being exceptional. It's something that, is, is small. And then they'll continually add being exceptional, these little things. And when you compile all those things together, it becomes something greater, you know, like all these parts add up to something even greater and it, it compounds and multiplies. Um, and where, you know, I was speaking with a a group of men that I, I I hang out with and, uh, you know, I just said, and, and it was interesting because we were just talking about a couple of things and and I said, to a whole group of guys. I said, don't you want to be great? And ever since I said that, it's it, like every single day, like several times a day, it just like, it's like I'm telling myself that it just echoes in my head and it goes, don't you want to be great? And it's like I wake up in the morning. And the first thing I think is, don't you want to be great? And every time I ask that question, I go, yes, I do. Yes, I do want to be great. And it motivates me to want to do the work that I say I want to do. And so when it comes to like sleeping in or doing the thing and I ask myself, don't you want to be great? greatness, if I wanted to be great at sleeping, maybe I'd sleep in. But the thing is, is like, you know, there's something I want to do, and I want to be great at it. And I think that, I don't know, I think that's something that we can all kind of take away, you know, is like with art. Yeah, don't you want to be great, you know, at whatever it is?
1: Well, I mean, and, you know, to me, it's like, I, I would maybe take that even another, another step. And saying it's like, well, what if you are already great? In fact, that's, I, I think that that's actually the truth of it. I think we're born great. You think so? I, I think that we are born great in what we, in what we do here, in what sort of our path is. And the only thing, the only thing is that we put it, we put things up that get in the way of our greatness. Hmm. Explain. Explain. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, cause to me, it's like this weird thing. It's like to, to be great. I mean, what is that? What is that to be great? You know, to be the best in your field. Well, what does that even mean? What, how do you even put a, put a measure on that? There is no measurement for that. In well, fact, even the greats of, of whatever their field is, have their critics. So essentially it's, there's, there's no truth in it then from, from that place. So if we just recognize that we, and that doesn't mean that there isn't a striving for greatness, but to me, it's like, well, you're striving to just return to a place that you already are, if that makes sense. So it's like, to me, it's just like, you want to, it's like, so if you want to be great, if you want to be what you, what you are, then, you know, stop getting in your way and allow yourself to do those things. Allow the, allow yourself to create that because, I, and I think I mentioned this before as well, but, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that we, all we do is create as human beings. That's, that's all that we do. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. We are, we are creators by nature.
0: Well, I, I agree that we're creators by nature, but I am to take counter position on this one. And the thing Go is, for is that, you know, and I, I, I've So I've been confronting this issue a bit recently because I've really been thinking about it and I I've spent a lot of my life really trying to be compassionate to people and really give them chances, you know, and what I realized as I, you know, I've gone through my life as I realized, you know, some people don't put in the effort. Some people don't work hard. They, they do not take an investment in their life. They do not take a risk. They do not venture out and try to build something and put that in front of the world. And, you know, in your argument, I would say that's them standing in their own way. But in the real world with the rest of us, where we exist, if you are someone that takes that position, you killed your greatness. You, you know, and I think that when, you know, greatness is not about how do I, How do I compare to this other person? But how do I compare to myself as of the last moment? Am I better now than I was before? And not like some kind of superficial, I'm better because I'm older and I've experienced more stuff. But no, I'm better because I did something today that was important to me. I put myself out there and I tried to do it. And I think that we live in a world where, especially in the first world, where we're just bred into entitlement. We're bred into this world where we're told we're special and we're important and we're supposed to have this stuff. And you know what? I just want to say like, no, you're not supposed to have this stuff. You're not, you don't deserve anything. The world owes you nothing and you, you need to decide as a person, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? And if you're going to be afraid for all your life and you're going to give way to fear, then you're going to get what that gets you. And if you want to tear down other people who don't, you know, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this because I've been thinking about some of the people I've interacted with in my life and I've given chance after chance after chance. And you know, I hit a point uh, a few years ago where I said, no more chances. You know what? I, I will meet you at what you are willing to show up with. I will give you the world if you are willing to show up that way for yourself. But if people are going to go and tear other people down or destroy people, who have built stuff, or even if they don't like somebody just because they don't like them, you know, I say that's destructive. And I think that we are born craters. And sometimes we take on these that, you know, like it's inception, I was thinking about this, you know, we get this thought in our mind that if we destroy something, somehow we'll be better. And we won't, we literally are destroying ourselves. And I think some people take on this destruction thing. They literally take on this destruction, you know, you know, one day I could see us, you know, being on, uh, you know, whatever, maybe maybe we're, we're blogging, blogging, whatever, you know, podcasting, and there's people out there like, those guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. What did you offer to the world? Did you help anybody? You know, if you want to say that we're crap and we're not talking about anything that's good, point out. You know, if they talked about this, it would be better if they realize this great. You know what? We'll talk about it and we'll create and we'll help and we'll bring you on the show, but don't come around and talk about, you know, how this is shit and that's shit and whatever, because I feel like people are born. We're born as children. We want to create, want to build. And you're right. We get in our own way. And I think that there's a certain point where you got to make a decision. I think that you have to go through probably a period of destruction in your life where you you, you interact with the world and you realize, you know what, there's people out there that are far better at this thing that's important to me than I am. And you either decide at that moment, am I going to put in the work continually, continuously, consciously to be better and to build and to create and to, and to rise to that level? Or am I going to try to destroy the people who are so far ahead? And I think that entitlement is, is that destruction. I think some, I don't, I think the problem with telling people they're born great is that you're, you're born with the opportunity to be great. You're not born great. You still have not put in the work. You know, you got to put in the effort. You got to invest in your life. And if you want to have a great relationship, you got to invest in that relationship. You know, that's right. I, That's my. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: No, I, I, and I, I got serious get, there, in but, fact, no, no, no. Yeah. And, and And I actually think that we are for the most part, talking about the same thing. When I say like you're born great, to me, it's just like you are, you are born with, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were, you were, you were born with greatness. Greatness is like, is sort of, it's yours to take. I agree with that. Yeah it is yours to take. It is, but like in, in a sense though, I still believe that it's something that like, that we do, we do have, but for the most, most part, you know, and and I think it's, it's fear. Fear is the, for me is the source of, of all this stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. the haters, it's fear. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who are like the most like that, who attack the most are the ones who attack themselves the most, Mm -hmm. who have the, who are the most self defeated.
0: Yes. So,
1: and it's like, and it's fear. So I have compassion for that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I understand when somebody's doing that. It's just because they're, they've got, they're, they're dealing with a lot. It doesn't necessarily, you know, make, make it easier to hear, you know, like It doesn't necessarily
0: justify their actions. No, not necessarily. I mean, I can have compassion for them too. And I understand the struggle. Yeah. But you know what? There's a certain point. I, I guess, I don't know, you get older and you just say, well, cut the shit grow up. You know what I mean? You realize your problem. You realize you're doing this. Like once you become aware, there's no excuse anymore. Yeah. You know, like even if you realize you wake up and you're 50 years old and you realize I threw away my whole life. I never ever went for my dream my whole life. You're 80 years old. It doesn't matter. Today you can turn it all around. You can start and your past, you know, there's no excuse. It doesn't matter every moment is a moment to turn it all around. And you know what? I'll be the first to admit, I've done some things. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I've hurt people. You know, I've, I've, I've done things in my life that were like, not my ideal decision. You know what I mean? But you know, when I look back and I go, you know what? I'm willing to admit that I'm willing to look and say, you know what? And I'm willing to make up for the mistakes I've made. And I think that anybody can do that at any moment. And that's the most courageous thing you got to do. And I think it is all fear. And I think if we keep giving in to to fear, that is what what literally destroys our greatness. And greatness is not something that you compare to other people. Like, you know, you could talk about somebody who's a billionaire and you can say, well, they're great at being a billionaire, at making money. But are they great in their relationships? are they great at their friendships? are they great as a person? You know you don't know, yeah, there's other people who are great philosophers who don't have a penny to their name, but they're great at that, and the thing is is that whatever is most important to you, I think is what matters. It doesn't matter what matters to the rest of the world, what's important to the rest of the world. It matters this thing there's this thing inside of you that's important to you. Don't you want to be great at that? you know, and I think if you ask yourself that. The answer is always going to be yes. I don't think you're ever going to wake up and go, no, I don't want to be great at that. The thing is, if you care about it, even if it's video games, you know, we, we talked about that earlier. If you want to be great at playing video games, you want to be the best at that. That's important to you. It's fine. It's admirable because you love it. Be great at it, you know, be like, do do what you need to do to do it. And the thing is, is that you will feel a certain sense of confidence and belief in yourself. And I don't know. I just think like people think like, well, I just want to have the reward. But you know, I, I, I talked with a friend the other day. I said, Well, let's just say that you got recognition for this thing that you really want. But everyone knew, including yourself, that you didn't do any work to earn it. How do you feel about it? And he said, Well, you know, that would feel terrible. I said, Yeah, that's exactly it. Your confusion is that you think getting the thing will make you feel better. But you know what it is? Getting the thing is irrelevant. Knowing you did the work is what will make you feel good about yourself. And if the reward comes or not, that will be a bonus. But we're so indoctrinated in this idea that if you get the thing, if you achieve it or whatever, that that will fix it and it won't. But if you put in the work and that starts day to day to discipline to do it and then you show up at your moment, win or lose, whatever happens, you can know that, hey, you know, I gave it on my all. I really pushed. You know, there's something about that that's I don't know. I just think that, I just think that we, we, it, 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 it rises something up inside of me because I think like, you know, not a lot of people always have mentors around them to say, you can do this thing. You should, you can push for it. You can go for it and you can have it. And I think that we're, and sometimes that's all someone needs. You know, that I could just imagine like a 16 year old kid on the other side of this, listening to this talk and just think, listen, You know, if I, if I was talking to that 16 year old kid directly and I think about myself almost, I would say anything you want to be great at, just figure out what you got to do to be great at and go do that. Start today, start right now and just do that every single day until you wake up one day and you go, holy shit, man, I am great. And you are going to have a moment where you realize, wow, you know, and once you do it once, you realize you could do it with absolutely anything if you wanted to. You know, and I think that we have a whole lot of people in the world who never really, you know, they never really were told and they were never mentored. They were never guided and and education systems, in my opinion, in certain ways are kind of crappy that way, but they pick favorite kids and stuff like that. And a lot of kids got left out and no one ever said, hey, if you really tried at this thing, you could be great at it. And you know what? Who cares what everyone else thinks? You'll know. You'll walk around. And you know what? People get that from you they look at you and they hear you talk and they hear you, they see you doing your thing and they go, I want a piece of that. And I think that that's what you're talking about. I think we all have that opportunity, but sometimes we don't have the guidance, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have, we have these outside sources that knock us down our whole life. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. That's too dangerous. That's too whatever. And they promote fear, fear, fear all over you, right? And some people in... They, it, they take that on and they project it further onto other people. And I just say, if you're doing that, which I've done, I'm sure I've done it, call yourself out on that right now on this call today. Like, this is a call to action for me. Call yourself out on that. Stop doing that. You have children, you have a, a wife, a husband, a grandparent. Don't tell them that. Start telling them what they can do. Start telling them what's possible. If they have something that's important, you know what? You're going to wake up, and you're going to die one day, it's going to be over. So give it all you got right now. Be great at whatever is most important to you. And forget your stupid day job if you don't love it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, and and I'm talking to you, Evan, and I think about myself. Like, I mean, I think about myself. If I could just tell myself this at, like, you know, at 12 years old. I would go back and I would say, listen, man, whatever you want, don't let anyone ever tell you it's not possible. If you want to be the best at this, just do this every single day and give it your all. Honestly, it will happen. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to be great at it. And just keep looking at how can I be better? How can I be great? How can I be great? And you know what? You're going to realize it. It's in there. And I believe that everybody has that, but it's just so unfortunate. You know, like my dad said to me one time, he said, you know, kids, they have all this potential and then adults come along and they screw them up. And it's true, you know, because we project all our bullshit, all our given up dreams, all our nonsense, all our importance on things that aren't important, you know, and yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like we're talking about the same thing and I feel like people who, in, who have embraced this idea, which I'm guilty as anybody, I've done it, who have embraced this idea where, you know, you have, to, you have to be secure, you have to live life safe, you have to do all this stuff. Life's too damn short to do that. It's just too short. You know what? You want to travel, go travel. That's it. You know what I mean? No excuses, no reasons, no whatever. You don't have enough money, figure it out. Doesn't matter. Set a date, figure it out, do it. Doesn't matter life's too short. You could, you know, it could be over like this. I just think that people need to hear that. I think that's important. And I think that greatness comes from those types of decisions. You know, it just, uh, and, 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 it comes every day and it comes from like going, you know, whatever. Like I, I was working with a guy and I'm on a soapbox and I do this once call <laughs> <laughs> no, I told a good him, one. I told him, I said, and this is from, uh, I I shared this book with you, The Richest Man of Babylon, and I I take this even further, but I say, save one dollar of every ten dollars you make, no matter what. Save one penny of every ten cents you make, doesn't matter, just save it. I talked to him, I said, so what's your savings at? This guy's baking barely any money, he's like minimum wage, just barely surviving in Vancouver. He's like, I've already saved a thousand dollars, it's only been like three months or whatever. I was like, amazing, right? How do you feel about that? And he said, I feel great. And he's like, you know what? I'm not even going to touch that money. That's just my money. That's just money. That's my equity. That's my value. and I go, great. And, and, and just to see that, and you know what? That's, that's taking one little dollar a day that's yours and putting it aside. So you could do that with anything. You know, you just take one little moment every day and you say, it's mine. You just add it up, you add it up, you add it up. And then one day you wake up and you're like, wow, like I have, I have this, i put this aside. This is mine you know, and I think money's an easy way because it's very measurable.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can see it, mm-hmm. you can see it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you've worked at it, you know, you, you it was, uh, you, you put a plan in action and it was, it was, you know, it's an act of, of your own discipline of uh, an act of will, Yeah, you know, to, to, to create some sort of a, a change or a shift in your life. Mhm. Um, But yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, there's this whole thing there's this weird, yeah. And and I understand, you know, where, you know, where you were sort of coming in almost as a counterpoint. And I, I, am almost like, oh, I don't think it necessarily is a counterpoint per se. I think we were talking about kind of the same things. It's not like. I
0: think of it as enhancement on the point. Yeah. And,
1: and it's, it's like, you know, it's like when I say, it's like, you know, you're born great is is not to me, like, because I understand there's, like, this whole thing about, there's this, and there's been this backlash, it's like, oh, like, you know, kids are growing up just being, you know, told that they're, like, they're great, even though they're not actually doing, you know, something great, and it's like, well, there's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more complexity to it than that. You know, it's not just like, oh, hey, you're failing this, but you know what? You're still great. I mean, there is actually a truth in that, but the thing is is that it's like, well, you know, it's like there. everybody has a greatness inside them. You know, everybody has a greatness awaiting them if they want it, you know, if they're willing to, and, and in order to, I, and I feel like I'm just starting to actually understand these things myself, um, you know, there's, it's, it's, and, and despite, you know, you talk, you talked about, you know, like, oh, no matter what anyone says to you, I mean, certainly there's going to be those, the the people, the one, the people who are outside of yourself, who say things to you, who are going to project their shit onto you, who are going to project their fears onto you, which are all illusions, I might Mm. add. Yeah. Um, because nobody really knows anything, but that seems like a whole another topic.
0: That's another casual. That's a
1: whole nother thing. (laughs) But I mean, it's what you tell yourself. Yeah. It's like, what do you know about yourself? You know, it's like, what makes you inherently any less than anybody else that is out there? Nothing. No, there is nothing. It doesn't matter where you got your education. Doesn't matter where you grew up. You know, it doesn't it doesn't none of that matters. No. Doesn't matter how much money that you have in your bank right now. No. None of that matters. Everybody has a greatness inside them that can that you can you can realize. That you are capable of realizing. Yeah. That others can and will recognize.
0: And even if they don't, you know, the thing is is that we have a we have a world where people you know, they recognize material items or success or position as things that are great. You know, if someone knows your name or, you know, whatever, it's like that, that isn't what greatness is about. That's just like, that's just what people decided to value, you know? And if you want to try to play in the game of what everybody values, you're going to be starting to play in a, in a more competitive market. You know what I mean? Like, um, for example, you know, I remember being in high school and everybody likes the one person. You know, Sometimes it would be a guy, sometimes it would be a girl, but all the girls liked one guy or all the guys liked one girl. And that person, based on the kind of laws that everyone was abiding by, which is that they have to choose one person ultimately if they choose anyone at all, so one person out of all that is going to win. Meanwhile, there's another guy or another girl, which is awesome. They're an awesome person. They're a wonderful person, but they're not hot right now. But if you look at that person and that's the person that you realize, you know what? Actually, that's the person I like. And no one's looking that way. What you actually discovered was you discovered while everyone was distracted on what they thought was the most important person in the world, that someone else was available. They were there to talk to you. They were ready. And they didn't have the limelight on them. And you got to actually connect with them before they became, you know what I mean? And I think that we have been raised into a society, especially in North America, where we're taught to chase the person in the limelight. And sometimes, and it's wonderful when someone steps in the limelight and everyone recognizes them. That's a wonderful thing, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that they're any more special because they're in the limelight. It doesn't mean they're more special as a person. And sometimes I think that we like, you know, I'm going to share something. I had a teacher once tell me, he said, look around and just look at what everyone else is doing and do that. And I think that was the worst teaching I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> honestly, like, honestly, I think that was a joke. And you know what? I, I go back to my dad who said, I remember I wanted to cut my hair a certain way. And he said, well, why do you want to do that? I said, well, you know, all the other guys, they got their hair cut that way. He says, never do anything because everyone else is doing. It. And I thought, what a gift that I was given that to, to you know, but, but that was, I was being indoctrinated into that whole idea that well, if everyone else is doing it, I should probably do it. I want to fit in. I want to be like everyone else, and it's very natural. You want acceptance. You're a kid. You don't really have an identity. But he pointed out, have an identity. You know, check in. What do you want? Who cares what everyone else wants? What do you want? You know, and I think that we 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 just keep getting indoctrinated into this whole idea of like, what does everyone else want? And that's what we're supposed to want. So we should want that too. Does everyone want money? Does everyone want a nice house? Does everyone want you know the physically like the the model? Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, what, what everyone wants. Do you really, really want that when you go back and you check inside yourself? Is that really what you want? And the thing is, is if, if you do fine, fine, you're going to feel good going for it. Cause it's what you really want. Yeah. But if you don't really want it, which is probably true, which is probably more true than you realize it's going to be a really empty pursuit. And I think that goes for art. You know, at the end of the day, do you really want it? Like, you know, and I've had this confrontation. I've talked to a lot of people who've been in acting. You go, do you really want to be an actor? And sometimes some of the people I've known who have grown up with for the last decade together, they go, no, you know what? I want to be a director. One guy said to me, I don't want to be an actor. I want to be a director. And I thought, that's beautiful, man. That's what you want. Yeah. And you know what? His, his career might not, he might not be Martin Scorsese, but you know what? Not yet. But you know what? He knows what he wants, and I and I talk to him, and he's passionate about it because he knows he wants to do it. It's not because everyone else does. But he said, "I'm doing acting because that's what I thought I was supposed to want. That's why I, I put all this work and I thought I was supposed to do it." And I think that it's like if you're an artist, and let's just say you're an amazing painter, and you're and you're trying to be a musician because you think you're supposed to be a musician. It's like you might not realize your greatness because your greatness is actually you're not checking in in your heart what's really important to you and maybe you're a banker and an accountant and that's your art but whatever you know
1: I know accountants who who love it love it they're so passionate about what they do Mm -hmm. you know and and yeah it's and I think that's that's a, a key thing that you're hitting on there it's like you know really really know what you want like really get in touch with what that is you know, what you want to do in your life, because that's ultimately, that is ultimately the only thing that matters in your life. What do you feel passionate about doing in this life, you know, and the path might not be immediately clear. Yeah. But it's important to know, because if you're basing everything off of, yeah, like what, what you think you should want, what everybody else, like, you know, we're, we're all sold a a huge bill of goods in the Western world. Yeah. Like we're sold a huge bill of goods in the Western world. And it's, they're pretty ridiculous, to be honest with you. They're, they're, they're pretty outrageous, you know, like what we're all supposed to just want. Yeah. You know, and, and how can anybody claim what is, what is right for well, for, you, for oh, like us as a collective.
0: Totally. I mean, basically if you attribute to that, if you say, yeah, that is the way the world works and you say, no, that is how the world works. Well, what you've done in my opinion is that you have bought into control being controlled by other people. Cause now people can basically control supply and demand. I mean, they can decide who gets selected, who doesn't get selected. Um, and they can decide who's important you know, and what's important and whatever. And if you decide to basically say, well, you tell me what's important and I will say, yes, that is important. Now that person has control over you as to what's important because you gave them the authority. But if you look inside yourself and you say, what's important to me, none of that stuff matters. And the thing is, is like, you know, I spent, I would say I spent most of my twenties, you know, really, really actively pursuing acting but in my teens, I actively pursued soccer and and then I actually switched and I actually got more into hockey for a bit. But did... No, I'm not a soccer player. I'm not a professional soccer player. Oh, didn't work out. Not a professional hockey player. Oh, didn't work out. You know what? I'm not up there for an Oscar this year for an actor. Oh, didn't work out. But you know what? What's important is none of that. What's important is that at the time, that was the most important thing to me and I did it. And now writing is the most important thing to me. And, and who knows, maybe I will not write in the next few years or the next 10 years or whatever, and I'll be on to something else. But you know what, what I'm realizing is that as long as I do what's most important to me right now, what's in my heart is I'll look back on my life and I'll go, you know what? I did what was most important to me and I feel great. I don't care if people think I'm great. You know what? In fact, it's ironic. People do think I'm pretty yeah. great. You know what? And not in the way that I thought they would when I was, say, 16 years old. Yeah. I used to think that greatness, I had to be like Sidney Crosby, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. I'm naming hockey players for those Americans who are out there. <laughs> but I used to think, <laughs> you know, Americans Leonardo know DiCaprio. You know, I used to think I had to be that to be great, but it's not necessarily true. Maybe that's not my path. But what's important right now, at least at this part of my journey, is like what's really important to me and how willing am I to go for that and totally commit to that now? Because, you know, acting or or sports led me to directing, which led me to acting and acting led me to writing. And I don't know if I'm even at the end of the spectrum yet, but um, everything that was important to me ultimately led me to where I need to be. So if I never pursued that I try to look at what would be the alternative of my job, of my life. I probably would have gotten some job that I thought I was supposed to get and supposed to do so I could get by and make money. And maybe someone else is on the other side of this call and they think that's what I did. And I go, it's okay. Stop. Let's just change it. Yeah. Just change things. There's no
1: reason. And I mean, and, and the other thing that I take from, you know, what you're saying too, is that it's like, you know, there's these things that you, you decide you wanted. And then at some point, that changed. This thing that you thought you wanted to be completely changed, mm-hmm. completely, and you're still here. Still here. You still survived. This is the thing, you know. We think that like this change is going to be like it's going to bring, you know, like our absolute and complete destruction, and it's all falsehood, you know. Like, like we hold on to these things. So strongly because we feel like that's, you know, that's who we are, and it's like we are who we kind of who we say we are.
0: Yeah, we are who we decide to be, and I think the more authentic we we are about it, the more we decide. And by authentic, I mean we decide for ourselves, not because the world tells us to do this. I think the more that we feel at peace with whatever it is we're doing. Yeah, and I I just I think there's so much pressure on us to be famous, be wealthy, you know, have Especially the Especially in made. the creative
1: arts and stuff, yeah. you know, there's...
0: There's pressure for everybody. I mean, there's pressure for be have a family, buy a house, do all this stuff, right? Like all that stuff. And there's all good reasons behind all of this. But I think that, I think at the end of the day, you know, we got to just look at ourselves and we got to go, okay, well, we're, or, not at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, we got to wake up and we go, what do I want to be great at? What do I care most about? And we do that, you know, and... We might have to do things to sustain sustain our life. Like you know, you got to go, you got to make some money to live in the first world. You got to do that. You know, you got to yeah. If you have a family, if you have things that you've built in your life, yeah, take care of your responsibilities. Fine. But yeah, just, I mean,
1: you have there's. I mean, they say there's your survival needs sure. that need to be met, right? Yeah. Which is basically you need to have food, you need to have shelter, you need to have clothes. That's about it. Yeah, basically, like if you have if you have those three things you have your survival needs met, Mm -hmm. which means that you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want after that point.
0: Well, you know, uh, Winston Churchill said they, they were talking about, I believe that they were talking about cutting the budget for the arts during world war two. They said, you know, if we cut the budget for this or whatever, we could have a little more money for the military. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that he said, uh, well, what's the point if we do that? What's the point? And I think that he was a very intelligent man in the sense that he realized that arts is an expression of us having our, like that is, that is civilization. That is the evolution of humankind. Because if we were just cavemen and women, we would just be trying to get by and eat and live, but we've moved beyond that. And I think that's why you and I get the luxury of having this conversation about who do you want to be and what do you want to do with your life? Because we've built technology in the world to a way where, you know what, we can cover our basics, you know, and we can just kind of get the survival thing taken care of, like pretty easily, actually. I mean,
1: yeah, no, I mean, like the art is, um, I don't know, I've referenced this over the last few weeks. Um, but, um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's, um, big magic, I believe it's big magic. Yeah. Um, and she has this whole bit and it's fantastic. And I agree with her. She's like, it's, she's like the arts and this sort of thing, like is completely extraneous. Like it is like, it is not actually that important, but that's kind of what's amazing about it. Right. Is that like, it's not that important. It is an extra, it is an extra that we have that we get to explore, you know, like that we like there, because there is something about it. Right. But it's not just like, it's not a survival need, but it is something that we just feel. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the amazing thing about it is that we, we pursue this thing that actually is not important, quote unquote. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But I mean, it's, it's something that across the world, peoples of all colors, creeds, you know, religions, whatever, have, have art. There's art everywhere in the world. We all feel compelled as a, as a civilization of, of humanity to, to create art, which okay. is kind of amazing.
0: Let me say something because people say this, they go, you know, what do the arts really do? You know, and I've heard this conversation before. I've heard this talk and you know, it's interesting because you're, you're right, but then let's just take this because we take it for so for granted. We take the art so for granted. I want you to take your favorite song that you ever had in the world ever your favorite song just think of that now think of your favorite movie think of your favorite whatever now let's just say that every single copy ever even digital even online even whatever all destroyed you'll never hear it again the musician's dead the music has been destroyed and everyone who knows how to play the music has been destroyed and even if you know it yourself you've forgotten it you've woken up and it's gone but you know it used to be there is that okay? And you know what? It's not. Because you cared about it and it's like losing a picture of when you were a child or something. It's too important. It's too personal. And we we look at survival as though survival is the most important thing in the world. And you know what? There gets to a point where survival, it's like I would rather die to have this art exist than I would rather this art didn't exist. And I think that deep down, if we all search inside of ourselves, there's something so important to us that we, our survival is just irrelevant. It doesn't even matter anymore. There's things we will die for. And you know what? If there is nothing you'll die for, I just think that you haven't checked in enough with what's most important to you. And that's okay. But I think that most people who have checked in with themselves will probably agree that there's something so important to them, like a child, you know, a child is a piece of art. There's something you created. There's something that is an expression of you. And there are many parents who are like, I, I I, don't care. I will not, nothing would happen to them before it would happen to me. I would put my life on the line for them. And that type of love, that type of understanding is where art is truly, like is where we truly become great. I think it's where it's born from. But anyway, I mean, I, I think that I, I think that we both talked about some pretty powerful stuff for yeah. a casual Sunday. No kidding. But we should wrap this
1: up. We should. I think we've been talking for a while Should, here.
0: could. Let's just do it. But um, What's your final point? What do, you, what do you think? What do you want to end with? I don't know. We've covered so much territory. Let me start. Yeah, I feel. I'm going to say, just check in with yourself. What's most important to you and, and see if what has been most important to you is what the world has told you you should want and maybe decide whatever's most important to you. And just, I would say, just simply commit to that every day from now on, because it's for you and something will come out of that. And I think my practical advice at the end of the day is take all the information we talked about, take the thing that's most important to you and do a little of that every day, no matter what, who cares what anyone thinks. Don't worry about being the most famous, the most wealthy, or what it will get you do it because you love it. And then, you know, see what happens. Let's see what happens in a year let's see what, if you do it every day from the point that you heard this to the end of the next year, I would not be surprised if something wonderful comes out of it. in fact, I would, I I expect it. Yeah. So that's my advice. I just say pick and and don't do it for anybody else. Just do it for you. Do this thing for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, and to, I guess my point might be just kind of fleshing out on, on that. Um, you know, whatever it is that you feel passionate about, it doesn't, doesn't matter what it is. I mean, there's, there's creation involved in some point and in some level of it, you know, you're creating something and, and you're great at creating something, you know, underneath what all of whatever, um, fears and judgments and, and stigmas you might have about whatever that might be it's all bullshit. (laughs) It's all ridiculous and none of it matters. None of it's real. So do it. Yeah. Do it and follow that. And if that's not the thing, it's going to lead you to the next thing. It's going to lead you to the next thing. And that'll lead you to the next thing. Or maybe that is the thing. And you just find a way to do that. Like, unlike anybody else has ever thought of doing that, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. Um, but you know, give it to the world like give give it to to the world and 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 don't stop yourself from doing it and
0: yeah, yeah. take
1: ownership of the greatness that you have
0: <laughs> I really like what you're saying i and i you know I agree with you, I think that people if something's really important to you today and you do that for the next while, and then you realize that something else is more important don't be afraid to let go of what was important to you to be a part of what is important to you now, because everything you're doing that's important is leading you to the more important thing. But you needed that information before to know how to do this other thing. You know, it's like we're evolving, you know, so we don't always see the end goal. Sometimes
1: strength means letting go of something. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and yeah, sometimes you got to let go of things and know that You know, the sky is not going to crumble on top of your head. You know? (laughs) You will be okay, and everybody (laughs) will be okay, and life will continue
0: on. (laughs) This was a hell of a casual Sunday. It it was. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we just... Stay. we just went into it we just started so yeah. fun and light and i was like about, let's get into it you know? i know we
1: started talking about video games i'm like what the
0: fuck are we getting into Where are we getting um, i don't even know what to label this we'll label it something but anyway um yeah, brandon and Evan show casual sunday casual sunday number one but number we're one. not counting yes <laughs> indeed but anyway enjoy casual sundays from this point on it's good night